Welcome to Marathon Swim Stories, where we explore the human side of the superhuman feats of endurance swimmers and those who support them. I'm marathon swimmer and coach, Shannon Keegan. In today's episode, I spoke with Diego Lopez. He grew up in the Canary Islands, where swimming is part of the culture. Diego shares with us how the Global Swimmer Project was born. Endeavoring to swim a major event on each of the seven continents in a single year presents many, many challenges, but maybe not the ones you think. In our conversation, Diego and I realized that while we've done a lot of the same swims, we keep missing each other at the water's edge. I hope you enjoy the story of Global Swimmer. Diego, thank you so much for being my guest today. Tell me, what's your story? Uh, well, my story with swimming, I mean, I grew up in an island. Uh, well, actually, those islands down there, uh, Canary Islands back in Spain. And obviously, you know, I swam a lot uh, when I was a kid. Um, and we swam in the ocean as well. Um, but I didn't really get into the open waters until 10 years ago um, when I was living in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you know, you know, there's a huge community of uh, Australians that moved to Hong Kong early in the days and they set up the open water community there. Uh, so I joined a team of open water uh, swimmers and, and, you know, passionate swimmers. And I started doing open waters with them. And well, the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> the rest is history. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, let's dig into that history a little bit. So yeah. um, let's see. I'm so curious about growing up on the Canary Islands. What was that like? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, they are pretty small when you compare it to the U.S. as a whole. But, you know, around 2 million people live there. So um, I would say they're probably larger in population than Hawaii. Okay. But similar in, in weather, uh, you know, in weather to Hawaii probably. And there are also eight islands, just like Hawaii. So... Um, I will, I will compare it, you know, when I talk to Americans, I compare it to, to Hawaii islands normally. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I, I remember doing our three seasons, uh, in the ocean just because the beach was so close. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, swimming is, is a big part of the culture there. I mean, when you're three, they throw you into the water and, you know, <laughs> let's go for it. <laughs> so, um, I guess swimming has always been part of the picture, you know? Mm-hmm. When did you um, leave the Canary Islands? I left uh, almost 20 years ago, so I'm almost 40 now. Uh, so my first 20 were there, and the other 20 have been around the world. So um, I, I started, so I left to pursue my studies in, in Italy, and then back in Spain, but in Madrid. And then I left to London to do my master's, and then I moved to the Middle East, and then I moved to Hong Kong, China, and then I moved to Brazil, and then I moved back to the Gulf, and then to the U.S. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and so the time between the Canary Islands and Hong Kong, you weren't really swimming, though? You were just... No, I, I was, yeah, I was based in, uh, well, in London. In London, I did swim for the Univers- University of London during my master's. Um, so I guess, I guess that counts. Uh, but then in Madrid, I stopped for a while, and then I moved to the Middle East in Qatar. Uh, and in Qatar, really, there was nothing to do. 
um, swimming wise. So I did stop for a while, um, but then I got to Hong Kong and, you know, everything is outdoorsy there because mm. I guess it's because how small the apartments are, you know, like everything uh, and everyone wants to be outdoors. Uh, so there's a huge culture about, you know, running and swimming and trails and, you know, the whole island is, is buzzing with the sports. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Cool. So what was your um, kind of first foray into open water there? What, um, where did you, what kind of distance did you start with? So I started doing like 1Ks or 2K, mm-hmm. uh, you know, weekend races. Uh, and then there was a big race. I mean, at that time, it seemed really big. It sounded really big to me, uh, which is called Clean Half. And basically it's called Clean Half because it's done in the uh, clean half of the island, which is the southern part of the island. And it's a 15K. Uh, so that's what nine miles um so you know at that time it seemed like a crazy adventure and then goal to me and I remember being so nervous before the race and then I think back now and I'm like oh come on it's a nine miler you know <laughs> right um, but um the, the challenge is that the water is really warm there oh. um, so you know it can get a uh, boiling hot um, um, but I did it. I did it in, I don't know, four hours and a half or, you know, the, 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 the time wasn't great, but I remember liking it a lot. Um, so I guess after that, you know, I wanted to keep doing it and building up to major events, I guess. <laughs> how did it, how did it feel that first? So you're really nervous going in. How did it feel when you got out of that? Yeah. I mean, I remember having a lot of cramps in my back I guess mm. uh, you know I, I was trying to stretch and um, I remember being very clumsy with the feedings uh, I don't know it was I guess um, you know as a first for everything you know when, when it's a first for you well <laughs> you're not used to it right so um, but I remember finishing and being so happy about it you know um, it was like wow you know um, and I remember I, I played second or something or third. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, wow, you know, this is so amazing. I, and I'm, you know, good at it. Um, so when, so let, let's keep doing it. Um, so, yeah, it was a great experience. What, um, so then you wanted more, right? <laughs> so what did you decide to set your sights on next? Um, so then I moved uh, down to Brazil. Uh, so I swam a few events in Brazil. Um, uh, there is one called the King and the Queen of the Sea, uh, mm. which is an awesome name. Uh, but they are normally smaller; they are like five k's. Uh, at that time, when I was there, there wasn't, uh, you know, this swim that Anthony did uh, from uh, one side to other one of uh, Rio. I was actually living very close, but that swim wasn't offered by the, back then. I would have loved to do that, <laughs> um, but um, you know, I did short streams um but then it was when i moved to new york that i really started to think big and you know i i, I set my sights into the uh swim around manhattan uh and i was like wow this is really the big league and uh, you know i was completely hooked into it how did you get the idea for for global swimmer <laughs> <laughs> well that was shortly after i finished uh, manhattan so i had done that was 2017 so I had done a few swims here and there um, especially around uh, you know the, the east coast and the Caribbean I guess 
Um, and I was talking to Stephen Munatonius and um, I said, um, well, he, you know, he congratulated me for a good year in 2017. And I was like, yeah, but, you know, I want to swim even more on overseas. Uh, I, I saw this really cool race in Australia and this other one in South Africa. So I'm thinking of doing like one in each continent. Um, the problem is that in Spain, we say that there are five continents in the world. So we say that it's America, Europe, Asia, Africa, and Oceania. But you guys in America say that there are seven, right? So you, <laughs> you basically split the Americas in two. Right. north and south and then you count Antarctica as a continent <laughs> so uh steven said um why don't you do the seven continents and i was like what do you mean seven <laughs> which one is the seventh and i said Antarctica. i said oh shit like can you swim in Antarctica? um so you know anyway so we sort of coined that term of uh, continent seven um i set my sights into this huge year uh, of swimming around the world. And I guess global swimmer came out of it. It was like natural, right? Like, oh, you know, it's a swimmer swimming around the world, then it's a global swimmer. So um, I was happy to embrace that nickname, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So where did you um, head first? I don't know if we should do it in chronological order or like, how about the, um, we'll start with which one were you most proud of? Or which overall, which swimmer are you most proud of to date? Um, I will start with the most challenging stream, which surprises people um, because it's actually Titicaca, the one in Bolivia. Mm -hmm. it, it, was, it was brutal. I mean, it's, uh, we were talking before about altitude. Oh my God, that stream is um, in feet, I think it's 12.5 thousand feet or something. I mean, it's like 4,000 meters. Mm -hmm. um, and the challenge of, you know, swimming, like working full-time, I was working full-time for a huge corporation back then. Um, and, you know, swimming around the world is that you have that many, you know, um, um, holidays. So you basically go just to swim and go back. So we, we, we got to Bolivia like the day before and I was like, oh my God, what is, what is happening here? And I remember like, our hotel room was on the second floor of our hotel, but there was no elevator. So we were like climbing the stairs. And I was like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm losing my breath, like climbing the stairs. Like I cannot imagine how it's going to be tomorrow. So it was super challenging. I was the only guy without a wetsuit. Um, oh, yeah. The water was probably 57, 58. Um, so, I mean, it was chilly. Um and, you know, all the kids were used to an altitude. So basically I started and you have this 18 years old as you know, bananas and you're like, wow. Um, and you're basically just grasping the air. So, I mean, it was what, 8K and it took me well over two hours. Um, it was very challenging. I remember finishing. I was shaking. Uh, I was I got, I, I, I was given the, um, the air. I don't know how to call oh, it. Oxygen. Yeah, oxygen. <laughs> Uh, by the police I mean it, it was a, a huge undertaking for me yeah. that was the is that the one that the sun to the moon or yeah, that, yeah. exactly yeah uh, from the moon to the sun or from the sun it, to the moon Luna, yeah. yeah that's yeah. so cool I'd love to try that one sometime yeah, it, it's, it's challenging but it's, it's super nice um, people there are super nice as well I had the I think it was Michelle Macy was saying the water was kind of 
pretty beautiful there? Was that yeah, my recollection? Yeah. It was clear, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, to be a lake, honestly, it was very clear and, and yeah, it was pristine. Yeah. Cool. So most challenging, Lake Titicaca, and then that next most challenging. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, I mean, Antarctica is, is a challenge because, you know, so you suffer a lot, but you suffer a lot in a very short window of time, right? So mm -hmm. I, my swim in Antarctica was... Uh, under 15 minutes mm. so you cannot really compare it to like the english channel uh, <laughs> right you know, right throughout 11 hours um but i would say i mean to this day i still look at my videos of the recovery in Antarctica, and you know I, I barely recognize myself i mean it's it's just another state um you know it's like being i don't know super drunk and not remembering anything <laughs> Because you you barely remember the race because you were in a, such a state that you, you don't remember it. So yeah, I mean that's challenging as well. Um, it's another level probably. How do you kind of push through that? So you've talked about lack of oxygen, extreme cold. How do you push through these situations? Um, I guess there's a huge factor of you know uh, mind power involved. Um, you know, especially around ice swimming and, and swimming in ice, uh, well, in cold waters. I wasn't used to it at all. I mean, growing up in the Canary Islands, the water there does never uh, go under probably 62. Um, so, you know, I have never experienced waters under 62 in my life. Um, so I guess I spent one year just, you know, working on that aspect. Um, I'm working on um, mental strength uh, to 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 face all those uh, challenges in the water uh, but you know it's, it's I mean as you know it's, it's an expensive sport but when you like go uh, look back and, and you say well you know what did I get out of the English channel it's not a diploma hanging on the, on the wall it's just the you know the mental strength of being stung being miserable being cold and yet or being pushed away from the current and yet, you know, persisting and, and, and looking at France and saying, well, I'm going to get this done. Um, so to me, that's really priceless. Um, so I guess, you know, we, we are lucky in the sense that um, we get a lot of mental strength from the sport, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I tell my clients, like, that are kind of getting ready for the first marathon that it's, I mean, it's a, it's a milestone. It's like getting married or having a baby. It's like, this is something you're going to look back on. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe that's a little dramatic, but <laughs> I think it's a big deal when you do these big, big swims. And like you said, when you can look back and I don't know, see footage and see a recover, I don't know. Like there's just, it, it's, um, you can, it's something you, I think Evan Morrison said something like it's, you know, you, you'll always have that. You'll always, you can carry that with you everywhere you go. <laughs> I think it's pretty remarkable. Yeah, and, you know, after that, you face problems like, I don't know, like COVID-19, right? And, and you're like, well, you know, if I've done all that in, in my past, I can overcome this as well. Um, so I think it makes you stronger for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I tried that when I started Marathon Swim Stories, I thought it would be like, you know, there'd be these insights that we share that, you know, help save the rest of the world. But <laughs> I've never gotten the, the, like anybody else beyond Marathon Swimmers to actually understand. <laughs> That's okay. 
okay. So Antarctica, and then what was your next one? What's the next most difficult after Antarctica? Trying <laughs> to reverse challenging. I mean, we talk a little bit about English Channel. Um, mm. So English Channel was obviously, you know, everybody knows about it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Some people I heard somebody said they had like a lane line almost. It was so flat that day. So I don't know. Tell us what it was like. <laughs> what was it like for you? It was flat for me. I mean, I look at the videos and, you know, there were no waves at all, but the currents still push you. And, and I honestly, I was going for time. I wanted to go under 10 hours. Um, that was my goal. Um, I was streaming a lot back then, uh, you know, like I don't know, um, probably 30k a, a week only, but I was doing a lot of races, so I, I felt really prepared for it. Um, and I was pushing for the 10 hour mark, um, but still, I see my curve, and you know, it's pretty pronounced. Um, and I remember going halfway, it's like, well, it's exactly five hours, so you're on track, but then the moment you reach the French currents. Uh, that's super challenging. And I remember swimming, you know, you're super tired after nine hours. You're being stunned by jellyfishes um, nonstop. And you're swimming, you're like, okay, how much left? It's two miles. Okay, I got this. You swim half an hour and then it's like, okay, two miles. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> two miles, like a half an hour ago. It's like, yeah, I mean, the, the current is basically pushing you and you're still in the same place. Um, so I think at that point, you're like, well, you know, I better fight for it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, it's, it's challenging. Um, I'm not going to say it's not, but um, I guess you know the, the, you know, the drill, basically. I mean, you, if you have prepared for it, uh, you know what to expect. So, yeah. Just dig deep and keep swimming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just put your head down and work and work hard. Yeah. 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 what's um a good so you've done all this you've tra you traveled to seven continents so you're you're arriving and you're working a, a full-time job and yeah. somehow training so how to, first of all how do you do all that <laughs> and honestly i wasn't telling many people like at work i was keeping it a secret at work and you know i didn't have anybody at facebook or anything just to you know separate things but I remember, like, my boss asking me, oh, what did you do, you know, last weekend? And I was like, oh, not much. And I had just arrived from England from swimming the English Channel. And, you know, I couldn't tell him because to me, he was like, oh, what about work? You know, you're supposed to be working full time. Um, but you're like scrapping one day from here, from there. And I'm flying to all these places. I'm not telling anybody. Um, so, Yeah. Uh, I mean, with time, they got to know, and they were like, how do you do that? How do you pull it? I mean, and, you know, I guess it's just a matter of, um, you know, organizing yourself and, and making the most of, the, of your time. You know? mm. Of every single hour in the day. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I swim at 6 a.m. So, like, I swim for two hours, and the rest of the day is for work. So when people say, well, you know, how, how do you swim and how do you do all this? Well, you know, you swim two hours, you still have 22 hours in the day to, to <laughs> sleep. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's just a matter of organizing yourself um, and being, uh, you know, efficient with your time. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, 
How, do you have any good stories of the thing that you forgot or you wish you'd remembered? Or <laughs> I mean, it's a, it, it's a kind of a big undertaking to just start flying continent to continent to go yeah. swimming, I think, for marathon swims. I mean, if it was just a, you know, off the cuff <laughs> 1K or something. But when you get to marathons, like that's a that's a big deal. I mean, I remember, so Hong Kong, the clean hub, right, that I mentioned before, I had done it in 2012. I think in 2018, I decided to do it again as part of the seven continents. Uh, so basically, we took a plane in New York on a, well, on a Friday night. Hold on, because you, you go back one day. Oh, uh, gosh. So, yeah. Well, I don't know, but I, I, I know that we got the flight um, during the night. So we flew overnight, 16 hours cold, obviously. So I don't fly business, just to... <laughs> to <laughs> Um, with my wife and then we arrived and we took the cab basically I mean we left the luggage in the hotel we took the cab to the south of the island I put my trunks in and off we go I mean I didn't sleep anything at all oh wow and we just went into a brutal hot day uh, you know in waters of 85 you know oh, it was brutal horrible. and I remember thinking like how did we pull this? I mean, when, when I finished and I finished first and I shaved like half an hour from my best, wow. uh, my best. <laughs> I was like, wow, how did we pull this? Um, but yeah, after the race, we went to the hotel and we literally passed out for like, I don't know, 18 hours. <laughs> so you fly home. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we party the weekend and we went back to New York and like nothing happened. Like, wow. What did you do last weekend? Like, nothing, not much. <laughs> I watched TV, you know. <laughs> right. Documentary about Asian swimming. In Asia. <laughs> Just won this marathon. Yeah. Oh man, that's amazing. But you haven't like gotten somewhere and I don't know, you must be extremely organized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a numbers person, right? So I'm in finance. So everything okay. is like, you know, in boxes and yeah. got it, got <laughs> it, got it. So it's like the kit for the marathon. So it goes in the suitcase and then you're done. You, you know, it's got everything in it. There's no, okay. Yeah. I see. I yeah. see. <clears throat> um, so what was after um, the, we, so we were going in reverse order, Titicaca, Antarctica, English Channel. What was the next most difficult? Yeah, we're missing, I guess we're missing Catalina Channel. Mm. Uh, you know, um, that has its challenges overnight. Did you get the yeah. bioluminescence? Yeah, yeah. I saw a lot of that. Um, and it was funny because, um, so um, I think only, I don't know, seven Spaniards have done the trip to be proud. And there was another guy swimming the week before me in the Catalina Channel to complete the triple crown as well. And it's funny because I was talking to him and apparently he got into the water and he was not too used to the night swim, night mm. swim. Um, and after two hours, he freaked out and, you know, he got out of the water. He, he couldn't do it. Um, and I was like, wow, you know. I mean, I had done two nights, uh, two night swims. Uh, one was uh, Acapulco uh, in Mexico, which is done is 22k during the night, so I use it as a as a practice, I guess. Uh, and then the other one is Roosevelt in Scar, which you know basically, I mean, you swim during the night only for like an hour, maybe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not comparable, but um, you know, I, I sort of knew what to expect, but still, I mean, I don't know if you've done Catalina or swam around there. 
But, you know, I remember on, on our number two or something, I, I got a bump into my uh, right leg. And I was like, oh, shit, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's pitch black. I mean, you cannot see anything, right? And, you know, you get a bump into your right leg and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> Should I stop? Should I not? Um, and I saw my kayaker, uh, who, who was a very close friend of mine, he didn't react, so I was like, well, you know, <laughs> I'll keep doing it. Um, and then I talked to him after the race, and he was like, yeah, I saw something flying out. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was. Probably a seal. I mean, it was probably a seal that was lost or something. But, yeah. <laughs> the lost <laughs> seal event. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you can't help but wonder, like, what was that about? And perhaps it was a shark. I don't know. But... Um, yeah, he has his challenges, but the, the ride was pretty smooth. Um, and I finished the triple crown there. So that was an added bonus, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have your nutrition perfectly dialed in? Like, if you, I feel like it's just like, you're just like, and then I went swimming and then I went swimming and then it was fine. And then I finished. Like, when it, tell me something interesting that happened in one of these events. <laughs> super simple when it comes to nutrition like i i do bananas on every hour and then probably half of the race i do uh peanut butter like a reward uh you know it feels so good it was like it's like oh my god like this means half halfway and you know i'm rewarding myself but normally i do bananas and gatorade or you know um i don't you know i see all these streamers that I spend a lot of time trying to get the right formula mixing you know uh gels and and i want i'm like no i'll go there i buy a bunch of bananas and that's it for me um and the same goes for like lanolin and you know i see all these women putting a lot of mix and, and things in their bodies and and i'm like you know let's put vaseline here for the chaffing that's it <laughs> um but i guess everyone is different right um yeah right I mean, I try to keep it simple, uh, to be honest. And I think my wife appreciates that because, you know, she doesn't have a hard job just trying to throw me a banana, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to number the bottles. And... <laughs> right, right. That's pretty impressive. So how many bananas do you need for, uh, <laughs> for by, yeah, per per um, hour? <laughs> well, it's, all every, it's one every hour. It's one a, hour. Okay. You think about the, the English channel, I probably ate 10 bananas. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. Where, what country had the best bananas? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny in, in, in Peru. So my wife is from Peru. And in Peru, they have like five different kinds of bananas. So you go to a supermarket and it's like paradise for me. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I don't know which one to choose. Um, I'm trying to do a race there, which is in December, uh, because it's their summer. Mm -hmm. I'll probably try to do like a 22k race there. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll I'll try to you know taste test all the bananas there. Um, but yeah, normally it's, it's pretty simple, right? I mean, yeah, in yeah. the US, yeah, yeah, chiquita everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I had a banana in Thailand when I went and God, it was ages ago, but I pretty much, it ruined the idea of bananas for me anywhere. Else. I just can't like, the, it was so good <laughs> to get a banana that was like so fresh. 
and there were the little kind. And so anyway, I can't eat bananas anymore because I've had a good banana. Maybe I need to go do some in Thailand and try that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I was in Thailand. I don't know which um, marathon race there is in Thailand, but I'm sure we can we can figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I thought about somebody somebody I was talking to went there and I was like, God, it'd be fun to have a camp there, like a marathon swim camp. Um, you know, but I, it just, when I was, I, I was way before my open water swimming days when I went to Thailand, but I just remember being on one of the islands and just looking across and being like, I could swim there. <laughs> it's like before I even, anyway, so someday maybe <laughs> we could go string the islands together. That'd be fun. Yeah. The water there's just so gorgeous. I guess it is a lot of places. Yeah. What um what was your favorite place to swim of all those global sw- everywhere you've been so far? What's been your favorite? Um, I don't know. I mean, there's so many gorgeous places around the world. Um, I really love the um, swimming South Africa, for instance. I mean, Cape Town. I mean, you know, overall, I've been in over 80 countries, and I keep saying that my favorite country to visit is South Africa. Really. I mean, it has so many places to, to, to see and to visit and to do. I've been to South Africa probably seven times and I don't like to repeat countries, but I just keep going because I love it. Um, so Cape Town in particular is, is an amazing city. You know, you have this, um, how is it called? The Lion's Head uh, Mountain uh, overlooking the whole bay. You have the Table Mountain uh, in front of it. Um, and then you have this beautiful water um, Obviously, there are some white sharks in it, but, you know, that's another story. <laughs> but, um, you know, Ram Barquet, uh, uh, he started organizing the uh, what he calls the Freedom Swims. And it's basically from Robben Island, where uh, Nelson Mandela was uh, held, uh, to the bay. Uh, so to, I think it's called Bluebird, uh, is, is, you know, basically the mainland. Um, so that swim is not too long. It's probably, I don't know, a 10K or 9K. It's not even 10K. Um, but it's challenging because it's cold. Uh, it's normally 11, 12 degrees Celsius. So that's what? 51, 55, 53. 50, yeah, yeah, less than 55. Um, but um, I remember, so I flew there on the same right the, the day before <laughs> and then the day of the race there was a huge um um how to call it um i mean it was foggy uh, it was a huge fog mm-hmm. um, storm or i don't know it was super foggy so the the boat that would take us to um to the island to robin island wouldn't depart with us so we were just waiting for probably four hours and i was freaking out because you know the 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 whole project um, depended on, on the races happening, right? <laughs> we were just waiting there for the boat to to reach Robin Island. Finally, they got the green light. Uh, the, it took us there, and we started the race, and, and it was beautiful. It was just beautiful throughout. There were so many seals, uh, you know, playing with us. Uh, luckily, I didn't see any white shark around them, <laughs> but I'm sure they were around somewhere. Yeah. <clears throat> What's your, um, so it sounds like you've done a, a big, a huge, like, well, a huge swath of the world, but like, you've also done a lot of events as well as some solo things. What do you kind of prefer? Um, I think increasingly I prefer solo events. 
I guess I'm not sure if it's because I'm grumpier with age. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you want to be on your own, like not Wait being raised yeah. by my 18 years old kids. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I was just in a race this weekend in Pennsylvania, and it was like a 4K race. And you know, you have these young kids, and you're like, damn it, <laughs> out of my way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm a very competitive person, so uh, I guess that helps you push uh, harder um, but I also like the, the the big events because you are in a completely different pace mm-hmm. I mean when you do a 4k you, you just uh, myself I just breathe to one side right so you are focused on you know pushing forward and, and, and you know not being overtaken by anybody but when you do a, a long swim I go like breathing every three I completely switch off you know, you're in another state of mind um, and you don't care whether it's one hour more or less. You just care about enjoying the swim. Uh, and that to me as well is priceless, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I like solo swims a lot. People say, well, how can you swim for 11 hours? And you're like, well, you know what? You spend 11 hours with yourself. Uh, you don't look at your phone, which, you know, I mean, in, in what other situation would you spend 11 hours not looking at your phone. Never. I mean, not even during the night. I mean, you know, you, you don't sleep for 11 hours. So um, so to me, it's like, it creates a huge a space and, you know, a huge peace of mind, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? I don't peace know if you the same, but, you know. Yeah. I love that. Um, the, what was I thinking of? Um how did you meet your wife and how did you convince her to crew for you? <laughs> you said she's from Peru. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> we met here in New York um, at a bar, obviously. Um, obviously, not obviously. <laughs> um, but funny thing is that the first um, night she spent with me, um, I woke up at 8 a.m. because I had practice in the beach and I was like, <laughs> you know, um, get out, I'm going to, <laughs> and she was looking at me like, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, I'm swimming, you know, I'm not going to miss the practice. Um, and after that, I think she realized that I was really serious about swimming. Um, and then, uh, you know, she started uh, coming to the events. I mean, one of the first events she came to, well, the first one she came to was Alcatraz, which, you know, I mean, she doesn't go to the island, right? So she just waits for me there. It's super easy. But then the second one we went to was uh, Acapulco. And it's a nice swim. So you get into a boat at 2 a.m. in the morning in the middle of nowhere. And she's looking at me saying, well, is this for real? Um, so I think, you know, with time, she just got used to it. Like, um, now I'm swimming Tahoe, right, in July. And it's a 35K or I mean, 21 miles. And she asked me like casually, like, oh, how long is that one? Like, oh, 21 miles. Like, oh, okay. You know, at least she got used to it. Uh, at first, it was like, what? And like, sure, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'll be on the boat. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. You didn't have to twist her arm too much to be your crew. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it's hard. It's hard, to be honest. I mean, and after the year I had in, in 2018 with all the seven continents, she came to all seven. And, you know, she suffers as well. I mean, our loved ones suffer 
uh, seeing us in, you know, in dangerous situations. And especially in, in Antarctica where, you know, it was pretty hardcore and, and, and then all the recovery in the sauna. And I remember finishing the recovery, which took me like over an hour and I was done with it, right? I was like, oh my God, I just finished the seven continents. Like I, we just finished the project, uh, we did it together. And I remember going to our room in the, in the, in the boat and she just, you know, uh, like melted. She started crying. I mean, it was like so touching because she had been for me there, you know, the whole year. Yeah. Just holding tight, you know, and, and you know, being strong for me. But then when we finished everything, she just melted. She just let it out. And to me, it was really touching. And, and it's about it's about the sport right like we think it's an individual sport but we need so many people behind uh, we don't realize like and i thought to myself well i i have been so selfish this year because you know i've been swimming or you know for myself or for my project but that means you know that all the people will come behind you and and i was so grateful i was honestly i was so grateful and and, and to this day you know every time that i do a swim I'm more appreciative now. Like I, I thank my crew. I thank the boat captain. I, you know everybody because to me it's like they're all for me there. You know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's... It's not easy. I mean, I don't know if you've uh, observed swims, but I normally observe the uh, Manhattan swim mm-hmm. and spend the eight hours in the boat, and I'm like, oh my god, this is boring and this is hard. I hate it. You know. Um, yeah. So I, I feel for them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, it is uh, amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing that there's so many people out there that want to support yeah. us. <laughs> I mean, especially uh, kayakers, right? I mean, kayakers suffer a lot. Mm-hmm. I remember yeah. swimming in uh, North Dakota, the Enwet, uh, which is what, 36 miles? 36 miles, yeah. My kayakers, I mean, she was stretching like, you just lying, right? kayaking for 36 miles i mean super hard for them as well yeah 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 and that's not a straight shot at either because you're like, you're like this. <laughs> i remember just wanting to like run <laughs> yeah. oh my goodness you see the signs right going from 36 to one mile <laughs> right yeah um how's the pandemic been for you i mean it's, it's been okay. I mean, we, we were at the time uh, living in Manhattan. So in our small apartment of like, I don't know, uh, 40 square meters. Um, and it was terrible because, you know, we couldn't swim, we couldn't walk, we couldn't do any exercise. Uh, but then in September of last year, we moved to the suburbs. Um, so we're now in New Jersey. Uh, and I found a new uh, swimming club, uh, like a master's team. And I started swimming with them again. And I'm super happy. I'm super grateful that I could find a pool and I could find a new team uh, to, to, to start exercising again. Because honestly, I didn't, I didn't mind working from home. I didn't mind not leaving the house, but I missed swimming a lot. And, and I don't know about you, but when, when, when I don't swim, I'm super cranky. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be around me when I'm not swimming, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. I don't know, I mean, I don't know how it was on your side, but, you know, I missed swimming a lot. 
Yeah. Well, I think yeah, a lot of people did. I'm spoiled. I have a pool in my backyard, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything that you haven't finished? Any swims that you haven't finished? Um, I mean, so many swims out there, right? And, you know, it, it's, it's really up to you whether to follow, you know, the, 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 the famous swims, to, so to speak. And, you know, a lot of people want to do the Ocean 7. And, you know, I wanted to at some point, but, and I did, I, I actually booked my places for, I think, uh, four of them. Um, and I missed them because they were either 19 or 20. I couldn't make them. And then I thought to myself, why, why do I have to do the Ocean 7? You know, like, wh why do you have to follow other people's footsteps? Uh, if that That's doesn't true. mean anything to you. Um, and instead of that, you may do another very cool swims that nobody has done. Um, so I, I'm not sure I'm going to do the Ocean 7 ever, um, but I'm definitely going to do more cool swims. Um, there is one that I keep looking at, which is the Triple Crown in South America. Um, mm, so mm -hmm. There's the Brazilian, then there is... Um, uh, the Beagle Channel, right? Is that in Chile? Chile to Argentina. Um, and then there's the third one. Oh, yeah, Uruguay to Argentina, right? Which is uh, Rio de la Plata. Um, so I keep looking at it. Maybe I'll do it um, someday. Um, I'm going to do Tahoe now, uh, which I think is uh, going to be a good challenge. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there are so many streams out there. And I think the important thing is to to face them when they mean something to you. I mean, mm. don't just do them for picking a box if if they're not gonna mean anything to you. Um, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, um, yeah, we will not run off swims anytime soon for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but there's not any swim that you started that you didn't finish. You finished everything you started when you get in the water. <laughs> uh, well, I I only got one DNF in my life, I think, uh, and it was in Australia. And mm. so the swim in Australia um, was a 25K between Perth and an island called Rodnest. Uh, I don't know if you've heard the Rodnest channel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and that day was super rough. Um, and it was, you know, it was my first swim. Um, I mean, luckily I had done another swim in New Zealand. So that sort of counted towards the, the goal of the Continent 7. Mm. But that was my first big swim, Australian, and I was really, um, you know, focused on finishing. So they started pulling people out of the water because the, the, the you know, the, the waves were so rough. Oh, wow. Um, and we were halfway. So we were in the middle of the channel. We were like literally five hours from Perth and five hours from, you know, the island. We were in the middle of the channel. Uh, and they started pulling people out of the water. The, the, the police a boat came a couple of times and they said, uh, well, you know, if you stay in the water, it's at your risk, at your peril. You're putting everybody at risk. Out of a thousand uh, participants, you are the only one left in the water. <laughs> and, you know, looking at my wife and at the boat, and they were like moving a lot. The the boat was like basically they were vomiting. I mean, it was it was a nightmare. Wow. Um. So at that point, I guess, you know, it was difficult. It was very difficult to take the decision, but you know, you had to call it off. And 
and look for um you know look after others as well um, yeah yeah and, and, you know i think when you're swimming you don't realize it that's that much i think it's, it's you know less hard for you while you're in the water but when you get onto the boat you realize how bad it is <laughs> The ball starts moving and you're like, oh shit, was I, you know, was I swimming this? Um, so yeah, that, that was my only DNF. Um, so to this day, they keep uh, inviting me and saying, you know, you need to finish this. Uh, <laughs> the only problem is it's Australia. So it takes time and, and, takes time. <laughs> and to get there. Um, so, but yeah, I, I guess I'll, I'll go there and finish it one day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is there any swimming around the Canary Islands that you can go do? So um, one of my projects, uh, long-term projects, I guess, is to swim all of them. Um, so as you can see, or you may see, there are <laughs> islands, and some of them are closer to each other. But mm-hmm. uh, I think the biggest channel is probably um, 100K. Uh, oh, wow. That's what, um, 60 miles. Um, mm-hmm. So nobody has obviously, you know, united all of them. Um, so I have a, I have it in my books. To, to do it one day. Maybe I'll start with the small channels, and right. then I leave the big one for the end. But, <laughs> yeah. but I would love that. And uh, you know, like, you know, you keep thinking, oh, you know, I'm from a place and I spend all my life around the world. But then I want to go back and do something there. You know. Yeah. 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 Do you have family there still? Yeah, yeah, friends yeah. Still? yeah. Uh, my parents, my sister, my nephews. All there. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> what you've talked a few times and I think your stories speak to it as well as kind of your mental fortitude. Is there anything specifically that you do to hone your mental fortitude? <laughs> um, I mean, break it into parts i guess uh you know just swim feet to feet as, as they say <laughs> um and you know it's, it's the same with goals in your life right like i've i've you know i've endured um work challenges as well and personal challenges like everybody um and i guess it's just a matter, a matter of uh compartment i don't know how to say in english but basically put it into different compartments compartmentalization yeah <laughs> why in english because <laughs> it's super difficult it's but excellent. yeah basically you put it in different compartments um there's, there's one theory i got which is um you, know, you can have different type of problems you can have financial problems you can have uh, personal relationship problems you can have sports problems you can have work problems but if you have one, uh, you can sort of lean to the other areas of your life to realize that it's not as bad, right? So, um, I mean, you know, just to put you an example, um, I, I lost my job once, um, but then, you know, and I was feeling miserable and, you know, I was, well, why, you know, do I have to go through this? And then you look at the other aspects of your life and everything is perfect. Um, so it's just a matter of fighting that little uh, thing. And swimming is the same, right? Like if you are swimming the English Channel and you know you get stung by a jellyfish, and you start thinking, "What? Well, what am I doing? This? I feel miserable. I feel you know." And everything adds up. Uh, you end up like you know uh, getting out of the water. 
But if you instead think, well, okay, you know, I got to stand by Jellyfish, but it's a beautiful there out here. There's so many people I love, uh, you know, rooting for me on the boat and you spin it on a positive way, then that jellyfish will not mean anything to you. They will be like such a little annoyance that you can overcome, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's a bit of, you know, a mind game that I play when I'm feeling, yeah, when I'm feeling down, uh, you just, um, you know, make it relative. Uh, that's not everything you got. Uh, just look at the other positive things you got um, and try to overcome that single difficulty you're facing. Mm-hmm. That's great. Thank you for that, Diego. I appreciate that. I like how you described it. That was great. Is there anything that you've um, learned about yourself through marathon swimming? Yeah, um, a lot, a lot. Yeah, as I said, you spend a lot of time with yourself. Um, you, the way you face difficulties tells a lot what you, how you are as a person. Um, I want to say that I'm a better person now after swimming, you know, um, after facing all these swims. Um, and then another thing that I learned to appreciate was uh, passion and purpose. Um, so I've, I've always believed that passion is important. And, you know, obviously we're all very passionate about swimming because otherwise we wouldn't do this crazy endeavor. Um, but purpose is important as well. And, and like, for instance, I, I learned that working with an NGO called Ocean Recovery Alliance, which... Uh, um, it's basically run by a friend of mine called Doug Woodring. Uh, he was actually just inducted to the uh, International Marathon uh, Swimming Hall of Fame, um, well, three weeks ago. Uh, and he's based out of uh, Hong Kong. Um, I, basically, the NGO fights plastic pollution, right? Um, but what I learned there is that the purpose of, of swimming and getting the message out there uh, was also to convey that purpose and to to pursue that purpose, and that was as important as the passion itself. Um, so, uh, and that I, I've tried to replicate that in my work life and in my personal life as well. I'm trying always to identify those two factors, like the passion and the purpose. Like, why do you do that? Um, I mean, what are you doing and why do you do it? Basically. Um, so yeah, I've learned a lot from swimming, to be honest. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, what advice would you give to an aspiring marathon swimmer? Um, that's a good question. So um, I think so. organizers, um, I think they play a key role in promoting the sport. Uh, and some people that have really you know, inspired me to do more are Steven Munatones. Uh, I think the way he tries to be inclusive and, and, you know, to promote the sport uh, is really um, admirable. Um, the other person is Ram Barquet. Uh, mm. you know, he's done an amazing job at promoting ice swimming all around the world. It's not an easy sport. It's not a, an easy undertaking. And, and he's done it so passionately. And, uh, and, you know, because of him, some of us have been lucky to, to visit Antarctica, you know, such a remote place on earth that we would have never imagined to visit, uh, let alone swimming in it. So, yeah, I, I really, I'm really inspired by Ram, um, by Doug Woodring, as I said, uh, he's been a huge reference to me. 
And then if I think about sportsmen themselves, um, I don't know if you've met him, but uh, Peter Stoichev, mm. uh, Bulgarian gentleman, um, he was a pro, obviously. He was, you know, in the circuit of uh, open water swimmers. Um, but then he went into ice swimming and I had the chance of swimming with him in both Antarctica and uh, Russia. And the good thing about Peter is that he, he's been a star. He's won everything in his life. And he's still going to you, wishing you luck. Uh, not to you, but to all the participants he swims with. And he's such a gentleman, right? And, I mean, he's very competitive. He's very driven. And don't take me wrong. He's going to go you know, with everything he's got to win uh, and to beat you. But out of the water, he's such a gentleman. He's such a nice person. So I've learned a lot uh, from him as well. Um, and then obviously in the amateur world, I mean, we have so many inspiring colleagues and, you know, I, th I think thanks to social media, you keep watching stories and um, it's just so inspiring uh, what people can achieve. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty remarkable. What we, what we, that we, well, I guess that we want to keep finding what we can do, you know, and that we just keep, keep going <laughs> until we can get there. It's great. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story today, Diego. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> yeah. It's been a pleasure. And yeah, I always uh, tune in your stories. And I think, uh, again, looking for inspiration and, and looking to compare notes with other swimmers. Mm -hmm. it's an awesome resource. And I uh, thank you for that. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Have you heard of the Intrepid Water Accountability Group? We'll support and encourage each other on a private chat platform, pursue monthly challenges both in the water and on land, and meet virtually once a month to dive deep on a topic. If you'd like to join a group of like-minded limit pushers from around the globe, join the Intrepid Water Accountability Group. Find out more at intrepidwater.com. <laughs>